Welcome to Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey. Uh, I'm here uh, at Company Brewing, my place of work, uh, with my boss, uh, George Breger. Uh, he is the uh, owner, uh, co-owner with uh, uh, my Rika, uh, shout out to Rika. Um, thought it would be kind of cool to uh, talk to him a little bit about his business uh, out here in uh, River West, Milwaukee, and uh, everything that goes into it. So George, thank you for being on the show. Of course. Yeah. How's your day going so far today? My day is going just great. How would you do? What did I do? Um, Mondays are all of the boring business stuff. So paying bills, um, going through my to-do list of, you know, like today, re uh, registered my business tax uh, registration and dumb stuff like that. So, so dumb. It's, it's all dumb stuff, yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really not exciting. We also have a little project to do in the brewery today, replacing a solenoid valve for one of the fermenters. Oh, wow. That, so. Also more dumb stuff. <laughs> but it's important because it's, uh, it's a cog in a machine, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk about um, the love and fear and inspiration and the motivation behind all things creative, professional, um, otherwise passionate, and um, you, uh, you're a business owner, um, obviously. So I guess to start, I want to take it back and uh, I guess ask you uh, how um, you, I, I guess how company brewing uh, came into fruition, how it became uh, what it is today. Well, Company Brewing started as uh, in my basement, essentially, <laughs> as many breweries do. Sure. Um, the actual start of it was maybe a little bit backwards from the normal story you hear about uh, somebody starts home brewing and then they fall in love with home brewing and then they're aunt or uncle tells them that they like the taste of the beer and they think that they can take it to, you know, become, turn it into a business. Yeah, right. Um, for me, I was actually looking to start a business. Okay. Sure. And I was, and then, and then I was trying to decide what that was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, so that, it was kind of a reverse order for me. Sure. I was in coffee for a long time. And I loved it. It was great, uh, great experience. I was um, worked for a local restaurant. I'm sure you know, Colectivo. Very nice. Yeah, um, I live right behind the one on Humboldt. So. Yeah, so I worked there for a long time. I worked there for 14 years actually. Um, you know, so Altera and then Colectivo. Yeah, sure, sure. But and so I, I kind of reached a point with that where I, I. I uh, Felt like I needed to decide whether I was going to commit a, a, another long stretch of time to it, or maybe try to do something else. And I decided to try to do something else. And that job, since I was buying coffee, was really um, sort of a global job. I mean, we we're a, we we're a local company, but yeah. the farms and things that I were, was buying from were all over the world. And for for whatever reason, that made me want to do something that was really local, you know, and obviously company brewing is that. So that was a big 
one of the big criteria sure. when I was kind of determining what my next step in life was going to be. And, you know, I don't really have the normal, um, like, work path, work development path. Sure, know, like, yeah. I, uh, I did, I had a little bit of college, but not much, like a year and a half. And I started working for those guys, like, basically right when I turned 21. Okay. So my sure. my whole t my my 20s, where me, people are you know like getting jobs, changing jobs, mm -hmm. moving up kind of a career path or whatever. Yeah. Um, mine weren't like that at all. I was with one company the entire time, yeah. and um, so it just it, it, it was just foreign territory to me to to kind of even think about what that was going to be. Long story short. Um, Obviously, I like beer, yeah. and you know that's Ditto, what I yeah. Yep, you, you too. Space Whistle is my favorite that we have. Yep, many other people like beer as well, especially in Milwaukee. Right. So I kind of, after some thinking, decided to just pursue beer. Sure. That was about nine years ago. So now Company Brewing's been open for about four and a half. So okay. that kind of gives you a sense for the timeline. Sure. Um, and so I bought some homebrew beer, and I really went all in. And um, Roscoe, who brews here mm -hmm. yeah. and is the head brewer here, he and I homebrewed together for a majority of that time. I'm sure. Um, but we, we were just, we were brewing constantly. Nice. And we had, um, we just kept buying more and more equipment and more tanks and more kegs and more wow. everything, you know, um, to the point where we had like 25 to 36 barrels of, of beer at, at a house. At a house. <laughs> and you know, like anywhere from four to eight fermenters going at any time, and just we're going crazy with it. And the idea is to just try to develop and hone recipes and learn about um, brewing and really take like a um, methodical scientific approach to it with an end goal in mind, rather than um, approaching it like a hobby. Yeah. And so that kind of went on for a long time, and then when I felt comfortable with it, which for me takes a while because. I'm sort of a little bit of a perfectionist, so... As yeah. many people that start their own thing yeah, tend and, to be. Yeah, and especially in food and beverage, like, there's a lot of those kind of personalities. Yeah. And I think that's what attracts people to this industry in general, is the fact that it's and it's something that isn't... that you can't perfect, yeah. and that you can't really master, per se. There's always something new to learn. Um, it's a kind of a living, breathing um, product, you know, yeah, and right. there's so many variables that all you can do is kind of hope to control it. So, mm -hmm. um, but then I started, you know, working on a business plan for a brewery, but really the whole time I really just wanted to move into this space if possible. Mm -hmm. I had this space in mind because I had been coming to um, Anopa Brewing Company and Stonefly Brewing Company um, as a patron and yeah. as a as a musician like performing in band playing in bands sure and um i've lived in river west for 12 13 years now or something like oh, that okay. um and you know just i just always like this space mm -hmm. i like the location of it i've seen a lot of great shows here over the years yeah. um I like the feel like it just felt feels good to me in here especially in the brewery area mm -hmm. it just felt like really comfortable yeah and um so we began the process of kind of reaching out to the former owners to see if 
we could convince them to uh, sell yeah. sell it to us. And you know that was that, that was a process in and of itself. But in the end, it worked out, and we we uh, got the keys to this building in in uh, tw end of 2014, Halloween actually, nice. of 2014, and then we opened our doors in May of 2015. Wow. And here we are. So we're now we're a little bit over four years old. Which and this is my kind of dad joke um, for in my brewery tour, which I don't know if you've been. I haven't done it actually, no. Um, but I always say like I think we're the fifth oldest active brewery in Milwaukee, which seems crazy, but I think yeah. it's actually true because so many breweries have opened up since we opened up. We're only four, a little over four years old, but the majority of the breweries that exist in Milwaukee right now, um, at least the ones that were started in Milwaukee, um, started after we did. Wow, so, yeah. that's been an explosion of beer. That's amazing. Holy it's amazing and it's been pretty great. It's wow, great. Lots, yeah. of, lots of good options for everybody now for, for drinking beer. Yeah, absolutely. It, like you wouldn't even think about that too because Milwaukee is like the beer-soaked tundra that we talk about. You know, like <laughs> yeah, they say it's Brew City, but yeah. I mean, you know that that relates to the the uh, the Miller brands and perhaps which is Miller. Yeah, you know, just or they brew it anyway. So sure. Um, yeah, those kinds of those kinds of like you know legacy brands. Yeah, are yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, how would you like describe like the first batch of beer that you like ever made, and how did it turn out? How would I describe it? Yeah, I guess how did it um, how did it turn out? Poorly. <laughs> really poorly. Hey, you got actually, you got to start ground up. You know what? I will say the first batch we ever did wasn't that bad. But like the 20 after it were not bad. Sure. We're pretty bad. Sure. The first beer we ever brewed was a um, a kit from Northern Brewer okay. over in whatever West Dallas or where the High 100 in Greenfield. Okay. Um, and it was a robust porter. It actually turned out okay. Nice. I really think Milwaukee's water chemistry is particularly suited to dark beers. Mm. So. If you're just brewing your first batch of beer ever at home and you're not messing with the water too much or doing anything like that, a dark beer is a good place to start because they, they turn out a little bit better than a lighter beer. Okay. But then, yeah, from there on out, we spent months and months and months messing beers up and not being happy with them. Yeah. Or like telling our, like, yeah, this isn't so bad, but you know, really we were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got some work to do. If we're showing this to other people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our um, our strategy though was to find as many friends as we could possibly find that were getting married over like the three years that we were home brewing, mm -hmm. and try to convince them to let us do the beer for their wedding. Oh, which wow. most of them, you know, said, "Yeah, that's good, really cool. It'd be really great." And that allowed us to brew a lot of batches, especially the same recipe mm -hmm. over and over, mm -hmm. and really just kind of fine-tune that consistency and also get beer out of the basement because yeah. we can't we couldn't possibly drink nearly as much beer as we were brewing. <laughs> yeah that's true um, yeah so when we talk about the beers that are currently on the menu um, there's obviously a ton of them uh, are the ones that are like on the menu now like are a lot of them still were a lot of them there when you started the business um, Not a lot of them, sure. but some of them. Which ones uh, are still 
here that uh, you started From day with. one? Yeah. Hopsided is the IPA we started with. Um, we still brew that. Night Ride, the, mm-hmm. actually Night Ride probably evolved through many different iterations of that first robust porter that we brewed. Okay. Um, and High Low Pale Ale is, and then that's, that's from the beginning. That's pretty much it. Actually Lunch Pause, the Saison that's on right now, is one of our, is probably one of the beers we brewed the most okay. um, as well. But we didn't, I don't, we didn't have it when we opened here, but we've, it's like a summer time. Sure. Yeah, do uh, you have a personal favorite? Not really. I can never answer that question. And when I was in coffee, I would get that question all the time. Uh, and what's your favorite coffee? And my favorite coffee was always like the newest coffee. Sure. Like the, the thing that just came in. Oh, this guy. Whoa, whoa, we have a, a wasp uh, in, in the frame here. <laughs> it was always the newest coffee. So I was always, you know, we're out, we're out tasting coffees, sourcing coffees. Yeah. And when they finally come in and we get to roast them and serve them, we're really excited about that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same thing with beer. Fair. It's kind of whatever's most recently coming onto the tap list is the thing that I'm, I'm most excited about. Yeah, no, that's true. That keeps it that innovative spirit intact, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in coffee for about, mm, Almost two years. Uh, I was at Starbucks for a year and a half, and then I was at the Roast Coffee Company oh, yeah. on the east side. Um, and uh, I always like a lot of people are really into dark roasts, but I always liked like the lighter, the blonde roast. But it's kind of and like when it comes to beer, like I always loved IPAs a lot. I didn't. I guess I didn't start liking IPAs. I didn't even really start drinking beer until my freshman year of college when my friend was getting cases of Miller Lite every weekend and that was just like what we were drinking. That was the beer that really got me to like start liking beer. And I thought like the first time I tried an IPA it was fucking gross. Mm-hmm. But uh, but as like it kind of like you acquire the taste of it, you start yeah. looking for more notes and like looking for more of like Something about that hoppiness is just very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I guess like I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I haven't like I, I, I guess I still uh, have to gain a taste for some of the darker beers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how there's just such a just so many different palettes in it. The same way there is with coffee. Oh yeah, totally. And there's a lot of, a lot of similarities in the flavor compounds between coffee and beer too. So, mm-hmm. you know, Roscoe also comes from the world of coffee. Oh, wow. And uh, so we have, we have a, we use similar language sure. um, now in beer that we did in coffee. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I guess when you were like designing the food menu, like what did you, how did you uh, uh, piece it together? Like what were some of like your ideas going into like how you wanted to make it unique and make it, you know, what would become this place and everything? Well, that's a pretty complicated answer um, because we started this business with a business partner who was a chef and, and restaurant owner. Okay. And because of a uh, issue with the Wisconsin Department of Revenue and one of the laws about who can and can't own a brewery, we actually had to part ways with our with that business partner. So she had the original concept for the menu here. Okay. And um, 
she's an amazing chef. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the sous chef that she had hired became our chef. And then that person um, basically tried to execute the overall idea of yeah. what she was going to do. But in you know through kind of her own like personal expertise because obviously now she's running the show. So um, that said, the food has evolved quite a bit over the years, and um, you know it becomes like everything with a business like ours. It becomes kind of a reflection of the people who come here. Yeah. As much, if not more, than a reflection of the people who own the business. Yeah. You know, and you can say the same thing about our our music venue, for example. Yeah. It's not just what I like. It's very little about what I like. Yeah. And it's mostly about what the neighborhood wants, needs, likes, etc. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Food's great here. I love the burgers a ton. The chicken is great. The chicken is made with pickle brine. I love that so much. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, so then, yeah. So speaking on the the music venue. So, like, did you you want did you want it to be a music venue like when you opened it too? Like, was, mm -hmm. was that that was part of the concept before it was like in spaces before or? Oh yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's been a music venue since 1998 or 99 or whatever. Sure. I started. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. So I, and we, we knew that that was going to continue to be uh, something we would do. I, I don't think I even realized how big a part of what we do it would be. Mm -hmm. And my business partner at the time, before she had to leave, she definitely didn't know. Yeah. But it was funny because uh, we I think we did two shows, no, I think we did three shows before we opened. Okay. So we were we were a music venue. Yeah. Before we had our granite, before we were a brewery and and, and uh, restaurant. Interesting. Yeah. It was actually Johanna Rose. Oh yeah. Who walked through the door one day, and she was basically like, "Hey, do you want to be?" Uh... <laughs> I will never forget. I'll never forget this moment, but I can't really describe it. But anyways, uh, so Johanna came in and she asked us if we wanted to be. Uh, one of the venues for the first arcade Power Totos. And I was like, sure, yeah, um, let's do it. Um, but we have to somehow get our occupancy permit before we do that. Yeah. Okay. And it was the very, very first show here was a So Far Sounds show. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that was like, we were definitely not open. We did not have any permits. We, the bar wasn't built or done by any stretch of the imagination. We didn't serve any of those so far shows. Are, it's like a BYOB yeah. kind of format. So that that was the first first show that we ever did as like company brewing. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is from that show. Oh wow! And has somehow survived up here for four and a half years. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, Chandra made that. I think she made it. Uh, she was running so far at the time, or working sure. so far at the time. But yeah, so the bands that played that first show were um, Thrift Tones. Oh yeah. yeah, okay, sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I turned forty in a month. So <laughs> I have an excuse for, yeah. for bad memory. But yeah, no, the Thrift Tones played, and Jordan Boss played, and then Diamato. Oh yeah, and sure. Classic. Cool. Oh, that was wow. the first lineup. It was a really fun, really fun show. 
And you know, so far they play each four songs, mm -hmm. and um, Diamato sang the national anthem as one of his, and then he freestyled, rapped like in the middle of the floor with everybody surrounding the circle. Wow. Not on the mic at all. It was, and we were, and it was just, it was super fun. Oh, it was a super awesome. fun night. And then Kellen obviously, yeah, killed it. But um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was great. That is super dope, wow. And then since then, I don't know, we've had a lot of shows. You've had, yeah, you've had some great shows here. Before I even started working here, I was coming to shows, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's a great draw for not only the local scene, but those coming through town as well. There's such a diverse palette of artists that, you know, have played amazing shows with great turnout and great enthusiasm, um, which makes this place a real force to be reckoned with when it comes to you know, just uh, music venues that are really doing something great. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, um, some, like, I mean, obviously being, like, starting a business such as this, like, just starting, starting any small business comes with a lot of, um, you know, expertise and challenge, and it's, it's also putting a lot, putting a lot on the line in a lot of ways. Um, Yep. I guess, yeah, what do you feel like uh, were some of the, like, the biggest risks you took with uh, even Roscoe like, starting this business and um, how they ended up playing out like in your favor? Um, I mean, just making an investment like this in and of itself is a risk, yeah. you know? And when you're a person who doesn't come, like, have money resources, um, it's, I suppose, an even bigger risk. Mm -hmm. And uh, but when we were homebrewing, home I was I was basically homebrewing the way that I did. Kind of, it was expensive. Mm -hmm. I bought a lot of equipment. Yeah, I installed a very expensive brewery in my house, which I never would have done if I was just a hobbyist. Like it was way overkill yeah and we've now moved it over here and it's now our test batch system mm -hmm. here but you know and, and after a while that was it was all happening so fast and I was spending a lot of money that I had saved up yeah. um, from working um, eventually I just kind of became numb yeah to it I was so focused on the idea of getting to the point of opening a business that I I just, I, I became numb to, you know, what risk, what risk I might have been taking yeah. or feeling like apprehensive about mm -hmm. taking whatever that next step was, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I eventually just was like always in this mode of like, yes, I'm going to take the next step, yes, yeah. I'm going to take the next step. So even down to the day of uh, signing the papers for the business loan, and the building and everything else, mm -hmm. um, it was, it wasn't as, I was mentally prepared for it, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. um, for better or worse. Sure. Mentally preparing yourself for like, I don't know, for something that may not work at all, yeah, and, right. and if it doesn't work, you're in trouble. Yeah, right. You know, and, and so, But I, I, had, I felt like I had some time to kind of gear myself up to, mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. And, you know, so far it's worked out sort of. Kind of. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Um, 
So, uh, what are some uh, future goals you have with uh, company brewing? Like, what, what are some things like you know, territory you want to take it? Just you know, doors you want to you want to open with it? Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to keep doing what we're doing here right, yeah. in this spot. Don't really have plans of any kind of expansion as of right now. No second locations in the works or anything like that. Um, what we do want to do is sell more beer at wholesale. And that's something we've been focusing on basically over the last year yeah. is to try to grow that part of the business. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but you can't, with a business like ours, you can't really ever just focus on one aspect of the yeah. business. It's kind of, you're kind of always trying to make small improvements to um, everything yeah. all the time, yeah. you know. Right now I'm putting a greater emphasis on wholesale beer than I ever did, but um, that doesn't mean that we're, st we're not thinking about, um, you know, how can we be a better restaurant? How can we be, have better customer service? How can our beer be better? How can our, our, our the experience for people who come here to see live music be better? Yeah. How can we be more engaged with the community? Yeah. How can we be, you know, this is always part of the conversation. Yeah. How can we, you know, uh, treat our employees better yeah. or provide more for them? Of course. You know, it's just like a never ending um, culture of improvement, yeah. which I, you know, I don't, I don't think is necessarily unique to my former employer, uh, Colectivo, but that was part of their DNA as mm -hmm. well. And uh, you know, if that if that crept into me um, as a result of being there, you know, possible. But, yeah. But I think it also goes back to that kind of everybody who's in this industry. You know, it's really difficult, especially the restaurant industry, as you know. I mean, restaurants are closing all the time. Yeah. And I feel like you just can't, you can't get comfortable. Yeah. There's some restaurants I see that, you know, will open up and then they'll just be gone within a couple months or something. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it can be, it, you can be hard to see, especially if, like, you happen to, like, actually like, you know, what, like, the food that they had or something like that. But, right. yeah, it's, um, it's a very... There's such a multitude of focus. You can't. Yeah, it's hard to just pigeonhole one thing when it comes to like, oh, what what do you want to improve with everything? But um, speaking of wholesale beer, though, uh, it's kind of funny. The other day, I was at um, I was hanging out with some friends, uh, and um, yeah, this girl she pulls out like she's like, oh yeah, we brought some beer, and she pulls out a six pack of Space Whistle, and I was like, oh. And you I work there. there. Yeah, you were thrilled. Yeah, I was very thrilled. Um, <laughs> I was happy, and it's like, and uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, I love this beer." And so, I mean, people in the community definitely recognize it. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool to see, just sort of like that splash impact mm -hmm. a standalone establishment like this can have. Right. Um, got Impossible Burgers and Beat Burgers, like options for everybody here. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, Beat Burger is great. Uh, didn't think I was gonna like it, but I did. I did really like it. So, um, so uh, when you're not uh, here running a, a brew pub restaurant, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, well, my free time is mostly occupied, I would say, being a dad. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we have a four-year-old boy, 
Um, and now that Marika's more involved in the kitchen, we're basically just passing him back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's summertime, so he's not in school. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're wearing a, we're wearing a, uh, a pretty uh, deep groove along River West here, because we work here and then our, our son goes to Bratney School and okay. then we live on Pierce. Sure. So we're just like back and forth on this. Uh, but yeah, so being a dad and um, my other form of recreation slash um, exercise is I like to play basketball. What you're doing after this? This is my understanding. understanding. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is kombucha. I'm drinking beer before basketball. No, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love to play basketball. Um, so I play a couple nights a week. Cool. And. Um, you know, that might evolve into uh, after basketball beer, which kind of makes up yeah. part of my social life and that nice. is not involved with company brewing. Sure. But, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, just the community that I, the people that I see a lot are obviously here. And mm -hmm. um, so I like, I like to go to shows here too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I'll, I'll hang out here. Or, but yeah, totally. it's, uh, it's a busy, it's a busy, there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on all the time. It's a busy lifestyle, so I would say that the vast majority of my time is either uh, here or with my son, or uh, occasionally on the basketball court. Yeah, <laughs> that one right there, uh, across the street, or no, no, uh, we play indoors. Oh, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. let's do some. Yeah, um, awesome. How does uh, your son? What's his name? George. Oh, George Jr. Um, kind of, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, how does uh, your son inspire you? Oh man, how does my son inspire me? Well, you know, it's he's kind of grown up in in here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I do see him here. You see him here a lot. Yeah, I know. I feel bad for all of our. <laughs> Employees who have to endure his craziness. Oh no, it's it's fantastic. Just kidding, Georgie. Yeah, yeah. When he watches. When he watches this. Movie yeah. Or whatever. When you watch this. When you yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a good crazy. But uh, it's yeah. definitely a little bit crazy. But um, so he's kind of grown up in here, and you know he's he's mashed in with us many times in the breweries. He's familiar with that. He. You know, he he, he kind of understands, like, this is a big part of his life, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he kind of views company brewing as part of the family. You know, he, it's it's not just yeah. where dad works. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's part of his identity and part of, like, it's almost like a, another family member of, yeah. of ours, in yeah. a way. And so when you have a child who has that kind of personal connection um, to something, it, it makes you, it adds a level of, of uh, I guess inspiration would be the word, to, um, you know, what, how are we nurturing this? Mm -hmm. Just like you're nurturing a child, we're also nurturing this business in the right way, and we have to, we have to take good, great care in, yeah. in the decisions that we make, um, just like, you would with a uh, child, I guess. Maybe you know they're obviously not 
the same. Level. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, you know, it's still like this place is your like a brainchild. It's a yeah, rather it's a, it's than a baby in and of itself. Yeah, in a way. So, yeah. I, you know, and and especially since he he kind of sees it and gets it, sometimes he'll say things that are just like they're a little bit eye opening for us and cause us to kind of step back and, and take the bird's eye view yeah. about um, what's going on here at the business and when a four-year-old does that to you. It's yeah. Like, you know, wow. It makes, you, uh, makes you kind of pay attention. So, um, you know, and you could say that, I mean, I think everybody, I think there's plenty of people who would say that they're, they, the reason that they work is for their kids, you know, or they yeah. want to provide a good life for their child. Of course, that's there as well. I think that's probably there for everybody. Mm -hmm. But with with me, I also have also noticed this kind of connection yeah. that he has to the business. Mm -hmm. You know, like where when I grew up, I never went to my dad's work. You know, yeah. I, mean? I don't know if you did or not. So, but if like if your dad works or if your mom or whatever works in an yeah. office or something like that, where you, you know a kid's not like an environment for kids, their work can kind of be this like. Thing that um, is just like a mystery. Yeah. You know, you have an, maybe you imagine it in your head, but you don't have any idea really what it is. Yeah. And it's like a place where your parents go, and then you don't see them, and then they come yeah, back, and then you see them again. Yeah. Well, for us, that's not what's going on here at all. Yeah, it's funny because like I, so my parents owned a greenhouse for 30 years. Uh, we had they were small business owners as well, and um, our house was also like located on on our business property. So like I grew up amongst like that culture of like, you know, being in a business, you know, there are greenhouses behind our house. There was, there were plants everywhere. Like there was customers constantly coming in and out of our house. And definitely when you're a kid, like you can feel like it's almost like intrusive of like, well, this is like our house. And like, why are all these, big old adults like coming in here and like always here all the time but well this is and that's something that like I struggle with a lot like when I was little like I never really like I tried not to pay attention to the family business but I was just exposed to it and around it all the time where like I you know I kind of just had to and um, and it gave me that appreciation a lot for everything that goes into owning a small business definitely didn't understand didn't appreciate that as much until I got older, but it is like, yeah, you, it, it is kind of like, well, you know, when you're, when your kids are here, you know, or when, or I guess like from the scope of a kid, it's like, this is part of like my livelihood and my upbringing and my, like the environment that, you know, I, my perceptions of my, of my, life are are being shaped in even from a young age it's like this is what people know my mom and dad by like how that's pretty cool and people seem to value us for that so i could see like you know when your son is here like when he like this is part of his upbringing and this is part of like his life in a way like kind of indirectly as much as it is to you and Marika, like you know it's it's kind of it's kind of cool to have it, it gives you that real like appreciation for what your mom and dad do when you are actually present for it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I had that similar upbringing too. Rather than mom and dad leave and go to work and then I never see what they do or I never see like what their life is like at work or anything. 
who like I was there like constantly present firsthand. Like I was always present for what mom and dad did. Yeah. Um, and and it made me appreciate the hard work that they did. Yeah. Um, so I know George's only four, but when he gets a little older, I know I imagine like he'll probably have he'll probably have some of the same thoughts that maybe I did when I was growing up. Yeah, I think so. Alright, well, uh, we'll close out. Um, so my closing questions I ask every guest on the show. Um, George, uh, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Oh boy. Not much. I sleep really well. I oh, good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's an uncommon answer these days. Yeah, I do sleep. I do sleep fairly well. Maybe the beer helps a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, I do sleep well, but I guess yeah, it's bet. not that I don't have a lot of things stressing me out all the time. But I finally, at this age, figured out how to. So, like my worst, when when it comes to anxiety and stress. For me, it, it peaks right before bed. I'm sure that's pretty common. Right? Yeah. Because your brain is not thinking clearly. Yeah. Well, because when you've been awake for so long, yeah. like it can, those racing thoughts can kick in definitely like before you're getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. So that's that's the case for me as well. So that's kind of always there, but it's it's been going on like that for so long that I know that. It's not, they're not really thoughts that I'm going to give any, like... Meaning to, meaning way to, to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I know that's easier said than done. And, and for a lot, long stretches of my life, it was not easily done. But these days, I pretty much can just ignore. Yeah. Ignore my racing mind. It's so. a great skill. Yeah. <laughs> what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just a great sleeper. Good. Yeah, like, you kind of pretty much answered that I can question. Na- I can nap. I can nap uh, pretty much anywhere. You're taking a nap right here. I was going to say, have you ever taken a nap like in the green room or something? I never have here. <laughs> I've never actually slept at company brewing, but sure. but I'm the kind of person who can fall asleep in you know, like a room full of people yeah. you know, while they're all talking. So. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show. Of course. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, so I didn't have better uh, keep you up at night answers. No, 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 no. That's, I get all kinds of answers. I get deep ones. I get face value ones, varied answers. There's Lately, or recently, Stranger Things kept me up at night. I need to watch a new season still. <laughs> uh, you like it? That can keep you up. Was yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's com- completely ludicrous, but it's entertaining. Well, that can make for wholesome material, so yeah. I'll, I'll have to watch that. But uh, so d- check out uh, Company Brewing here in River West. Um, address? 735 East Center Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53212. Perfect. Uh, right at the corner of here uh, at uh, Center and Fratney, right in the heart of River West. Uh, great beer, great food, great people, great music. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.